Good morning and happy Sabbath, brethren. It's good to see every one of you. I need to tell you that you need to buckle up because we're in for a ride with the Lord. Amen? I'm excited this morning about the message the Lord has for us from His Word. And it's good to see every one of you and the smile that I'm already seeing in your faces. I am very happy, and especially as I am reminded of the, uh, the reading that Paul just brought for us, Look at the disciples. Jesus is telling them that he will die. And what are they thinking? (laughs) Who's going to be the greatest? And Jesus decides to call a little one. And the little one, he says, if you want to be great in his kingdom, you need to be like one of them. So that's why uh, arrangements were already made. The announcement was there from Monday, but it was too close to the meeting, which was Tuesday. And that's for the board meeting. But for next board meeting, guess what? We're going to have several of our children in the board meeting. Can somebody say amen? Yes. Some parents have already committed to be there with their children. And today, this morning, it came to my mind, I'm going to need some help. And I thought of Gavin. Gavin, would you carry my Bible? And he said, yeah. So he did. And we practiced how we were going to greet each other. That's going to be our guy's greeting, you know. And so went to the girls and said, Girls, you need to make a greeting there, a girly one. You know, I'm not sure I'm going to do it, but you have one. Because sometime you're going to be carrying the pastor's Bible as well. Amen. And they said, yes. So good. The girls are going to participate too, helping the pastor carrying his Bible for the message of the morning. Now, parents, if you have a child 8, 10 up, you need to make plans. Mark your calendar. Third Tuesday of March, bring your child to board meeting. And you say, why? Well, they're going to teach us. Amen? They're going to teach us. If Jesus said that we need to learn from them, when are we going to begin? I decided I'm going to start. So, I asked my brother, Gavin, to help me, and he did today. And I look forward to do more of that. And beloved, they're going to speak to us. They're going to say what's in their heart. They're going to speak of their needs and the needs of the church from their perspective and come ready to listen and to follow. Amen? Actually, everyone is welcome to the board meeting. It's an open board meeting. Everyone is welcome to come on the third Tuesday there. Um, here at our church. Um, As we transition now into the Word of God, I'd like to invite you to please bow your heads with me as we pray and talk to the Lord again. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the joy you bring to our lives from your Word. And as we're about to enter into the sacred ground of it, We need to take our shoes off. And we know what that means. It's not our literal shoes. And we ask that you will give us the humility, the willingness and the desire to listen to your word, but go beyond hearing and translating it into action. We ask these mercies, trusting, believing that you will fulfill your promise to baptize 
every disciple here this morning with the fullness of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Our message today is a little bit awkward, like your pastor, a little bit different. And so turn your Bibles to 2 Kings. We're going to go to a very strange story. Some of you will remember it immediately. Others are going to say, where did the pastor find this from? It's there. And we're going to learn some lessons from this story that is there for us. And we're going to make an analogy. Of course, someone could say, Pastor, there's no comparison. What are you talking about? Just bear with me and we will see. We will find if there's something that I can grasp, I can hold on to and apply to my life in my journey and my walk with the Lord. Second Kings chapter 7. But to get a grasp, to get in tune, in order to have a taste and a background and a context of the story, let's begin in chapter 6, verse 24. This is the background of the story. And it happened after this that Benadad, king of Syria, he gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. And you, and you wonder, why would he do that? Well, if you go even a little bit further, we're not going to read. I'll just mention it to you. The king was planning to attack Israel. And every time he planned to make his attack to Israel, the man of God, the prophet of God, will tell to the king of Israel, don't go to that place. There's an ambush there. Don't go there. And the king of Assyria said, who of you is a spy among us? Every time we plan an attack to the Israelites, they know about it. Who of you is spying and telling them? And one of them said immediately, no, 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 king, is not. that's not what's happening. You see, there's the man of God, and God reveals to him even what you speak in the privacy of your own room. Oh, so he was concerned about this. Well, let's go get him. Let's go get the prophet. So he comes to Samaria, and he's planning to pick up Elijah. And of course, you know that story. When Elijah's servant woke up in that morning and saw the city surrounded there, and said, uh, Master, a man of God, uh, something's not right here. I guess we're gone. We're, we're history. We're dead. And he said, Lord, would you please open his eyes so that he can see? And of course, the Lord honored the prayer of his servant. Then he saw, what is this? Look at all the mountains, all the chariots. Okay. Okay, I get it. So the Lord prayed that those Syrians will become blind. They came to pick him up or kill him and take him to the king, but no. Now they get blind. Elijah himself leads them into the big city there, of Samaria. They were in another town. And of course there, the king, when he goes there, says, should we slaughter them right now? And Elijah said, no. Actually, make a banquet. We're going to feed them. We're going to give them food. And then after that, we're going to send them back to their king. Okay, we follow your words. So this is the background of the story. And now 
they decided, King Benadad decided he's going to come in, uh, besiege the city there. Verse 25, and there was a great famine in Samaria of result, as a result of this uh, besieging the city. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. How many of you have tried a donkey's head for food? Oh boy, I, I knew that was going to come the whack, the wakala, and all those kind of things. Yak! A donkey's head. Now, if that was not bad enough, just look at what's coming up. A donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cap of dove dropping. You know what a dove dropping is? Poop? Okay. There we go. Poop. Poop was being sold. You know for what? Five shekels of silver. No cheap price. Okay? It was a delicacy. Something they were fighting for. Paying big money for. This is how bad the famine was. And if things could not get any worse, notice what comes next. Then, as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help my Lord, O king. 27. And he said, If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? 28. Then the king said to her, Okay, what is troubling you? And she answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today, uh-oh, and we will eat my son tomorrow. Now, could you think of anything worse? Okay, poop is bad. A donkey's hat is bad. But now cannibalism, eating each other, a baby? Wow. 29. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, Give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. 30. Wow, look how bad was this circumstance. I believe none of you or me have ever been in such a condition or circumstance. Now it happened when the king heard the, heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, and the people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. This was the outward expression of uproar. This was the outward expression of mourning, of grieving, of being devastated emotionally. They will wear sackcloth and put ashes on their head and over their body. 31, then the king said, God do so to me, and even more also, if the head of Elijah, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. Now, are there any more bad news? Beloved, he's saying to the Lord, Lord, do more to me than I'm planning to do to him if his head remains on his body today. He wants to kill the man of God. Wow. 32. 
Look at verse 32. But Elijah was sitting in his house. He is calm. He's not stressed. He's sitting at home. He's not worried. And he's not alone. And the elders were sitting with him. Amen? And the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elder, this is Elijah, do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound, the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he was still talking with them, there was the messenger. He showed up. Coming down to him. And then the king said, Surely this calamity is from the Lord. Now beloved, talking about spiritual confusion. The king is saying that what's happening, whose fault is it now? Now, can you believe this? It's just unbelievable what the devil can do and what people can do when they disconnect from God to the point that they blame Him for what's happening in their lives. Surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Have you been there? The enemy of our soul is trying to cut, to break your dependency on God. He's trying to, with all of his effort, to distract you, to separate, to cut the bond of union between you and your Lord. And the king here decides, I'm not going to wait on God anymore. He's supposed to be the one encouraging, inspiring, leading the congregation toward God. But he's doing exactly the opposite. And this is where our story begins for this morning. This was just the introduction. We're just warming up, getting a feel what's going on. Okay? We have now the setting. We have the context of what's happening. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elijah said, Hear the word of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Finally, the word of God comes up. We need to listen to the word of God. When we shut our ears from the word of God, all kinds of calamities are coming around us. Beloved, not because God is sending them. It's not God. Some people might blame him for it. But you and I need to listen to the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, a of fine flour shall be sold for how much? One shekel. How much was the poop? Five shekels. Now the real deal where you can make bread with, how much is going to cost? Just one shekel. Really cheap. Dirt cheap. There it is. Tomorrow at about this time, a seah, a measure of flour, shall be sold for a shekel, and two sales of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Business is going to go back again. Food is going to be all over the place. And this is where the title of our message comes now from the next verse. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned 
answer the man of God. You got to be careful who you lean your hand on, okay? You need to be careful because this guy is going to make a statement here. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? What do you think? Can God do it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Lord. Now, this is now comes the, uh, the main actors in our story. Verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they, well, before I, we read what they said, these lepers are going to represent me and you. Can somebody say amen? Okay, all right, we're good. These lepers represent me and you. We're going to learn something from them today, okay? We're going to learn something from them. They were there at the door of the city, at the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? What's the point? Next verse. If we say we will enter the city, that famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. How many options do they have? None. I mean, if we go into the city, we die because of the famine. We sit right here, we're lepers, there's no food, we're going to die anyway. Let's consider another option. And that's where the next verse comes in. Okay? They're there, and they say for verse 4, if we will, oh, we read that part. Now, therefore, come let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If, we, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. It seems like all of them ended up with death. But it could be. There might be a chance that the Assyrians would have pity and mercy on them. Okay, we'll just die. At this time, it didn't sound so tetrical there. But say, if they decided that we don't live, we just shall die. First lesson first application for you and for me this morning from these four lepers. Verse 5. And they rose at the right at the twilight to go to the camp of the Assyrians. They decided no use sitting here, no use going into the city, let's go to the camp. But what good it is to talk about something and you do nothing about it. So these gentlemen, number one, they rose and they went. They decided we're going to do this no matter what comes. Anyway, the options, no matter which way we turn, are grim. They're bad. We're going to die. There's a possibility that if we go in this other option, they might allow us to live. But let's get up. Let's do what we think we need to do at this point. Beloved, i like to challenge you this morning to think for a moment, what is the greatest thing God could do for you as an individual, for your family, for this church, for this community? Take 30 seconds. You can keep your eyes open. You can close them so you can be concentrated. 
Nothing distract. Think of something. Okay? I will too. Okay, raise your hand if you thought of something great that you want God to do in your life. Can I see your hands? Okay, you were, you were involved, you were active. That's all we need. Okay, now what you need to do is rise, go, and ask the Lord to do it in your life, for your family, and for your church. Amen? How simple is that? You say, Pastor... Uh, you are too simplistic. You are too simplistic. But I believe these men were not being simplistic. They were, there was something inside of them that they had a good feeling something's going to happen. And of course, and they rose, verse 5, at twilight. I mean, they rose not like 10 o'clock. They didn't sleep in that morning. They woke up early. At the twilight. And they decide to go. And they went. And they, when they had come out to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Nobody was there. For the Lord has caused the army of the Assyrians to hear the noise of a chariot and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look. The king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to attack us. Look what God can do. Check God out. Look what he did. Isn't God unusual? You thought your pastor was weird, huh? Look at God, what he does. Look at what God does. He doesn't even have to move a finger. And these guys are hearing all kinds of noises. And they're on the run. They left everything behind them. Therefore they arose and fled at the twilight 2 verse 7. Yeah, their horses they left and their donkeys. And they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent. Oh my. And they ate. And they drank, and they carry from it silver and gold and clothing. Wow, not only that, and went and hid them. So after they parted, their bellies could not take any more, got the silver, got the gold, got the clothing. They went and hid it. They want to make sure they take care of their future. That was their 401k. They were making sure they were taken care of. But... Wow, look at what they did next. And they went and they hid that. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hit. Same thing twice. Well, there's the 401k. Now this is for now traveling. This is for making sure we have some good times ahead of us. Wow, look at them there. They're doing this. They're excited. Now we come to the second lesson now in verse 9. In verse 9, 
they stopped on their brakes. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is not good. Look at all the food we already ate. Look at it, all the clothing, the gold, the silver we have. We even hid it. And what's happening to our fellow brothers and sisters there in Samaria? They're eating each other. They've gone crazy. They're eating poop. They're eating the head of a donkey. And look at what we're doing here. This is not right. This is not right. Beloved, second application. Is it right for me and you to sit here in church this Sabbath morning, look nice, dressed up, while out there people are hungering because they have not been introduced to Jesus as their Lord, friend, and Savior. And you and I have all the information they are hungering for. And God wants to do something you have never seen before. And you were talking to God a little while ago for 30 seconds, thinking, what can He do for your family, for you, for this church? How could God use this community of faith to impact in this community in a way you have never heard, seen before, that only God can do. Can you see we're not doing right? Do you see how the application does fit us? I am a leopard. Big time leopard. They said to one another, we're not doing right. This day is day of what? Good news. For us is good news. For them over there, they don't know about it. You and I are enjoying the good news of knowing that someone cared enough for you and for me that he came and took your place and my place at the cross of Calvary. And somebody out there is hungering for a friend that will love them and turn their lives around from victory to victory. This day is day of good news. And we remain silent. We can't do this anymore. Lord, open my lips. Open my heart. Open my mind. Heal me from my leprosy so that you can use me with my own family, with my co-worker, with my neighbors. Lord, this year, 2014, do something in my life that I will experience the joy that I've never experienced before in my life to see someone come to Jesus. God wants to use you to do just that. You have no clue. You have no idea how to do that. How about letting God take care of that? Does that make sense? You don't try. You just ask Him. Let Him see. Let Him do what He wants to do. Let Him do what He can only do. And you just say, Lord, here am I. Send me. The fields are white. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, remember, the fields are White. Who are we to argue with him that the fields are white? The problem is not the fields. The problem is pray that there will be harvesters. And here we are. We're not doing right. This is day of good news. We're, we're remaining silent. This can't be anymore. Lord, turn this church upside down. Start with the pastor. He's already crazy enough. Do something with him that He will inspire us to do what You call us to do. 
Yes. We remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, number three, third lesson. Number three, now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. We cannot keep silent anymore. Let's go and tell the story. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to empower us by the daily baptism of his Holy Spirit. Then you will experience something you never experienced before in your life. A desire, a hunger to tell someone what a wonderful friend and Savior Jesus is to you. If that is not your experience at this point, when you go home today, say, Lord, I don't know anything about that. But I want to. Actually, I need to. Would you give me that experience with you? As I walk with you in your word daily, seeking your presence. Yes? Now, therefore, come, let us go. Go, tell at the king household. Let them know the good news that God has shared with you. You freely receive them. Freely go and share it with them. And we close with lesson number four, right there in verse 10. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city. Something's wrong with the English. Not the English language, but this translation. Okay? It says there, so they went and called. If you read in Spanish, if you some of you can read Spanish, it says they went and they cry out. They had good news. They could just not come and say, guys, you know, we just went out there to the camp and there was a lot of food and a lot of clothing. No. They didn't act like nothing was happening. They were excited. They cry out. And perhaps my translation is not translating, rendering this properly. Some translation there might say it a little bit different. But they went and cry out to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and the tents were intact. All the provisions they brought, all the food, gold, silver, they came for a long haul to siege us and they brought a lot of food and here we're going through this famine and that place is a mine of food. Wow. Yes, they shared the news there with them, but they cried it out. You cannot hold it. I pray that you will pray that God will do this miracle in your heart, that you will have such a desire that you could not just keep it quiet to yourself anymore. It's not good what we're doing, keeping silent, that you will share it with someone because God is inviting you to do so. You don't even have to do this. He's inviting you. And I pray that you will respond to him. I'm a horrible leper. Verse 14. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, go and see. The king is not believing. Go and check it out and see if this is true. He could not believe. He was blaming God. He said, I'm not going to follow God anymore. Go and see if these guys are confused because of their sickness and see if this is true or not. And the rest of the story makes it clear there. Beloved, 
the disciples were discussing who was going to be the greatest. And here, four lepers. How deeper can someone go, well, or experience sickness than leprosy, especially during these days? And the application is very fitting with my life. And I hope you understand it for yourself that it's also applicable to you. Number one, we need to rise early and ask God to manifest His glory and His power too. We're not doing right. This is day of good news. Three, come, let us go. Let's tell the story. Number four, they went up and cry out. Please do what Revelation chapter 7 says right there. With a loud voice, the three angels are proclaiming God's final warning to this world. And I'm not doing right. I hope you're not doing right. Or realize that we're not doing right. Today is day of good news. In His mercy, God has given me and you another opportunity. Another opportunity to say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I have no clue, as a matter of fact. You want to do something special in this city? I have no idea. But I just want you to know, you can count on me. This week, the Lord has been bombarding my mind. I've been going crazy with the children of the church. And I pray that the Lord will open your heart and your mind like He's trying to open my mind and my heart for the children of this congregation. And among many other things, we might, hopefully, Get our hearts, our thoughts, and what God has entrusted us and build a gymnasium right here for the kids, for the community, for people to come to do exercise, exercise, I don't know, get active for the Lord. You go on 41 and they're trying to redefine happy hour. Get them to do something. Get in shape for Jesus and invite someone to exercise with you and witness to them through your life. Amen? That's just a thought. It's just a thought. I pray that you will hear His voice speaking to you. I pray that you will answer to Him. And this morning, before we close and hear the special music that's going to be brought to us, I appeal to you this morning. Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm no different than these leopards. I need your intervention in my life. I'm asking you, Lord, to please come in. Turn upside down my world your way. And put such a passion in my heart for lost soul. Like Jesus had in his life when he came to this world to save me. Heavenly Father, there is no greater motivation than your love 
and how it was manifested at the cross of Calvary. And today as we meditate and as we look at that old rugged cross, we surrender all at its feet, at its foot. And Lord, we just pray that that motivation will inspire us to share those wonderful news, how we've been reconciled with you through Jesus and his atoning death on the cross of Calvary. And as we go to fellowship together, may our theme, may our converse be about him, what he did for us. He freely gave us his life to save us. And now we've been forgiven, redeemed by grace, and now sent by you to tell the story, the story of Jesus. In his name we pray and surrender to you and to your cause. Amen. Amen.